Ag State of Mind, episode 112. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today is actually going to be a little bit different. This is an interview that I did a couple of weeks ago with the Rural Housewives on their podcast on the front porch. Um, it is an opportunity for you all, listeners of this podcast, to kind of hear me as a guest. I don't know if I've ever done this. I don't know if I've ever uh, put on a this podcast me from the other side of the mic, but I thought it was a really unique opportunity. And the girls, the Rural Housewives, Mary and Angela, offered me this to released to our audience and I took the opportunity. It's been an incredibly busy week here. Things have just been just nuts for us. So I took the opportunity to not have to edit a podcast this week. It's deer season here. It's we just returned from the Agriculture Future of America conference in Kansas City where I was a speaker, which was an incredible opportunity in itself. Um, I just thought this was a perfect time to release this and I'm very excited for you to hear this because it's a very different kind of version of what you normally hear on the podcast. This is kind of me speaking about my experience and uh, I, I really truly enjoyed it and I'm excited for you all to hear it. Um, before we get started, please go out, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, gets us out in front of a larger audience, and I really hope to get this out in front of as many people as possible. So, all right, here we go with the interview with the Rural Housewives, Mary and Angela. Hey, y'all. Welcome to The Front Porch. This week, we are on with Jason Meadows. If you are a follower of ours, you've seen us share Jason's podcast and Jason's page. Jason is the creator behind Ag State of Mind. But before I get carried away with introducing him, Jason, thank you so much for being here this week. Can you please introduce yourself for people who may not know you in your own words and tell us what you do, but also what you do for a living? Because that's kind of a fun fact, too. Oh, yeah. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk with you ladies and it's always fun to get out in front of a new audience and uh, for me it's really fun to be on this side of the mic because uh, you know it's as you know there's a lot of preparation that goes into podcasts lots of making sure the conversation keeps going so I appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, but like you said my name is Jason Meadows I'm from outside of a town called Cuba Missouri which is located approximately halfway between St. Louis and Springfield, Missouri, right on Interstate 44. I grew up on a cow-calf operation. My dad was actually the local livestock market owner for many, many years, sold that when I was a kid, but continued the cow-calf operation. Whenever I was time for me to do something in the world after high school, I decided on pharmacy college, another 
something maybe so a lot of people don't know is that besides being cattle ranchers, my family also has had pharmacies. I've had a couple pharmacists in the family too. So that was the career path I chose. Um, I went to school in St. Louis for six years, moved back home at the end of those six years. As soon as I moved home, I met my wife-to-be, Carrie, working at the hospital where her and I both went to work. She's a nurse, I was a pharmacist, both went to work straight there after college. Um, fast forward, it's, well, after this is released, we will have been married 12 years, coming October 25th. Uh, we have four boys that are ages 16 down to eight. So my podcast, the Ag Study Mind podcast, is kind of a combination of my professional life as a healthcare provider and my life as an agriculture producer. From the time I was in college and then started in college, but then, you know, it really tried to build up within me while I was outside out of school and working in the in, in the in the workforce I wanted to have something that combined those two parts of my life and you know, it's, it's the believe it or not it's really hard to find a place where you can combine those two things and I tried really hard and I, I didn't know really how it was going to uh, happen but I just kind of, like you say, I uh, kind of trusted God's will and just went with it. And in, I'd say about 2017, 2018, I really got, I got really involved with mental health, trying to be an open advocate for that, practicing good mental health and doing things that are good for your mental health. I even had plans drawn up to have some sort of mental health care pharmacy patient counseling program at our look at the hospital I work at too that was something I considered pitching to the people at my hospital and uh, it never really came to fruition but in 2019 we actually had a tractor fire my wife and I were away in Texas at a conference and my son was back home bailing hay he was 14 at the time and tractor caught he called me and tractor caught fire and it was just you know it was it was terrifying well back up just a bit I had struggled with anxiety from college on and um, you know I had gotten a pretty good handle on it I realized after that situation with that tractor fire with my son calling me me being eight hours away from home how much better I had gotten and how I've improved myself and that drive home after that you know everything turned out to be okay i mean tractor was lost baylor was lost uh, but you know nothing that wasn't replaceable nobody was hurt uh, levi was scared but you know it was a good lesson for him driving back on that that drive home from dallas i realized how much better i had gotten and realized that i wanted to help other people get better too. I knew that I couldn't be the only one who struggled like I did and had the anxieties, had the fears, had all the things happen that I've had happen. I knew that there had to be other people like me. And during that drive home, Carrie and I talked and we decided that, hey, let's, why don't I try to start a podcast? I had no idea what a pod like what it took to start a podcast um <laughs> i'm still not real sure <laughs> I, you know, i'm not sure if i'm doing this thing right or not but uh you know that was uh that was july of 2019 here we are and as we're speaking in october of 2021 we've had well over 100 episodes like you said i just reached my two-year mark anniversary at the end of september and i mean the relationships that i have formed from the podcast have been so outstanding i've made 
so many friends, so many connections, just gotten to know so many people from across the country, not just across the country, from across the world, you know, talk to people in Canada, Ireland, the UK, Australia. It's just been a, it's been an incredible opportunity for me. And I, I couldn't imagine it would turn, it turned into what it has turned into. It's just been an incredible blessing on my life. I can't believe, I mean, I know we said this again, like we said this before we started recording, but again, congratulations on two years. I cannot believe the beautiful bonds that you've been able to make with people all over the world through the podcast. That's like such the coolest blessing. Y'all will link the two years episode because you've got to listen to it. It's really cool. But Jason, while you were talking about that, I realized too, you were saying like, it's cool to be in front of a new audience. I realized you're our first solo man to ever be on the podcast you know that's not a first for me i'm like the like that's the deal and you know that's with the kind of things i talk about especially talking about mental health i do find myself being sort of a a trailblazer of sorts because i am super comfortable i mean i wasn't always but i have become super comfortable talking about this stuff you know i've i think you guys are probably the fourth or fifth podcast to say that or oh this you got you're the first male guest on here and a couple of years ago last year at uh, Whitney Larson's Cultivating Courage I'm the only guy to ever speak at that too so I mean it's just it's it's funny it's a it's a kind of a peculiar thing to be known for but you know I also take a lot of pride in that because I know not a lot of guys want to talk about the things I do and for me I hope that it's I can be the guy that so many other people can relate to you know maybe they don't feel comfortable sharing their story yet but then they but they can kind of relate to me and uh, maybe find a little bit of healing find a little bit of familiarity in the in the stories and the experiences I share yes I think that is so cool you are blazing a trail right now for men and mental health like you said some might not feel comfortable enough to talk about their feelings but also some might not even know that they can something that we talked about in a previous episode is that some people they just need permission to do it you're giving them that permission yeah i mean that's a good way to look at it and and you're right people don't even you're right people don't even know like how to talk about it sometimes or like what the things they are they feel and you know and that's that's a good that's a good way to put it giving them permission i've never thought about about it that way and i appreciate that yeah it, it, it is i do enjoy being able to maybe lighten somebody's burden a little bit Yeah, Jason, too. I think, Mary, I'm not sure if this was the episode, but Jason, we did get to talk to Leslie, High Heels and Canola Fields. Mm -hmm. She is, I believe, season one, episode 11. So we're no strangers to mental health as a subject on the podcast, but it is really cool to come at it from your perspective. So y'all listeners, that's what we're going to be talking today. And actually, Jason, in that episode, Leslie did give you a shout out. So she's a fan of yours. Leslie is my buddy. Uh, She has been so helpful to me. She was on my podcast early, early in it. I found a lot of inspiration through Leslie. And, you know, as you want to talk about somebody who's blazing a trail, I mean, she's done so much work that I, you know, have been able to ride the coattails of her work uh, with Do More and, you know, be on do more just her own personal outreach leslie is she's she's the best yeah she she was really great to talk to and i can't wait to 
really dive more into the subject with you. But before we do that, I want to backpedal to a few questions that we have for every guest. Just picture it, Jason. We are sitting on a front porch. What is your drink of choice? What's in your glass? I don't drink alcohol. I'm going to be honest. It's honestly just a glass of probably ice water. I, I'll i be totally honest there. I know that's kind of boring, but no, that's, that's usually, if I'm drinking something, that's usually what I'm drinking. There is nothing wrong with that. That is my, well, I mean, that's what I'm drinking right now too. And I'm sure as some, as I'm sure, you know, as somebody who drinks a lot of water, not all water tastes the same. Mm-mm. Well, as we're going to say, water, well, water is my favorite, you know? So water from home is is the best. Yeah, 100%, right? Okay, so Angela and I will go back and forth on this because... She doesn't like my water and I don't like her water. Um, and so I usually walk around if I know I'm going to be someplace for a few hours, I'll bring my standard water bottle that I always have with me. And then I'll bring an extra jug <laughs> just That's to hilarious. refill. Yeah. Also, I have two water brands that I will absolutely not drink unless I am dying in the desert of thirst. Do you have any water brands that you just flat out don't like? Most of them. I'll be honest. <laughs> most most bottled water I don't like. I just I try to. So I'm very lucky at work. We have RO water, reverse osmosis water. It's very very crisp water. You know, so I fill a two gallon jug of that every not two gallon jug, one gallon jug of that every day and drink that. Most bottled waters, I just, I can't take the taste of. I can totally relate. (laughs) Okay. And I know we got to talking a little bit about you and your family and what really led you to starting this podcast, but can you share with our listeners two fun facts about yourself? Yeah, sure. I was captain of my high school football team. I had several opportunities to pursue football past high school, a couple of college scholarships to some small schools here in Missouri. Um, So football was a huge part of my growing up. Also, I am the baby of five of five kids and I don't think that really displays of how much the baby I am. My oldest brother is 25 years older than me and my youngest brother is 13 years older than me. So there's, my dad always likes to say he had three families with the same marriage because there was so much spread out, uh, so many years spread out between the five of us. Wow, that's amazing. Do you have anybody between your 13-year-old brother and you, or nope. was he? Nope, nope. He's oh my gosh. Yep. If anything, that tells you you were certainly meant to be here. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love thinking uh-huh. about it that way. Yeah. My mom. I like that. <laughs> my mom is the youngest in her family, and her sisters were always mean to her and told her that she was an accident. And she's like, well, you know, that just means that I have an extra special calling. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody once said that I was the best accident my mom and dad ever made. So, oh my <laughs> gosh, I love that person for saying that. That's so yeah. sweet. Jason, we are all so glad that you're here. Um, Thank you for, you know, you did allude to the fact that you're trailblazing and sometimes trailblazing can lead to, how should I say, like roadblocks, you know, when you think of like, you think of like a cow trail, right? And like the first cow to cut that path, she didn't have just dirt to walk on. She had, you know, stickers and tall grass, et cetera, et cetera. You've probably faced some resistance and I don't know this personally about you. I'm just inferring with the resistance you faced, what has kept you going? The fact that I know that I am helping people 
sometimes it's hard. Sometimes there's not the feedback that you'd like. And sometimes you wonder, does it really matter what I'm doing? Does it really make a difference? And then, you know, you'll get those little, like I, whenever things are getting tough for me, God sends us things I like to call tender mercies. They're just little, like small compliments somebody will give you or whatever. They'll share your podcast on their Instagram story, whatever it may be, just small little things like that. But believe me, those small little things mean like those are what keeps me going. Comment, a text from a friend talking about how much they enjoyed the podcast or not even a friend, a message from someone randomly. Hey, I found the podcast and it it means so much to me. You know, those little things, I mean, those those mean so much to me and keep me going and yeah so when things get tough those little just kind of trying to really recognize those tender mercies when they come yeah it keeps me going oh i feel like we can super relate to that like when you were talking about is this working is this helping like sometimes i feel like i'm putting stuff out there is anybody listening it's hard to measure like i i don't know about your personality my personality is i like to measure how do i know if i'm improving it's through measuring things you can't measure impact of what you're doing now knowing this about you though that you like to receive these tender mercies we're going to be sending you all of the words of affirmation all the time i appreciate that (laughs) angela's really good at that it's her personal love language so mine too Mine too. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, that's my. That's me. So I appreciate that, and I, I appreciate other people recognize that. Uh, we talk about my wife and I talk about not to get too much off topic here, but we dove into the love languages a couple of years ago and found out obviously that's mine is words of affirmation, but hers is is acts of service. She whenever I would try to give her love the way I wanted loved, it wasn't always the best received and it used to always like kind of get me down. But then once I realized that changed kind of the way I approach things a little bit and switch the laundry for her, fold the towels for her, you know the little things like that and you know it makes it makes a big difference anybody listening who's in a relationship or you know wants to be in a relationship i suggest everybody take a dive into that and read the five or at least just get a, a pretty good rundown of what the five love languages are because it, it it makes a huge difference in a marriage i'll tell you that right now and also in an almost any relationship yeah, right yeah, um yes, like yes. friendship family relationships yeah yeah Yeah. if you know if you know how to pour into people how they need to be poured into then your relationship will always be stronger yeah no I totally agree yeah that's a good point so since we talked about roadblocks slightly can you let us in on any pushback that you anticipate when you're trying to approach the subject of mental health Yeah, you know, I have been so thankful that I have not had much. I'm very thankful for that. And we talked about Leslie, and I know whenever Leslie started this journey, she had so much pushback, and she shared so many stories of her and her husband, Matt, how things were tough on them from people you know, in their community and in their family, and it was tough for them. And uh, fortunately, I haven't had a lot of that but i have had some and let me tell you it cuts 
really, really deep. Now, I had somebody really close to me when I first, so my first, this was before the podcast really even started. I was on a local radio station uh, just in Rolla, which is, it's not, Rolla's not a big town, but it's our big town. I mean, there's like 20,000 people in Rolla, you know, so it, it's it's the place where there's a radio station and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's where the super Walmart is. And, you know, so, it, um, but anyway, I was on a radio station there and we were actually, I was with a friend of mine who's a clinical psychologist who has a specialty in rural mental health and him and I were on there talking about farmer mental health and the challenges that are coming along with that. I don't want to say who it was, who it is, but somebody very close to me called me and you know, said some, I don't know if they necessarily meant to hurt me, but they did. They did. They hurt me. They cut me to the core. That was before, like, so it was, it was, I had, I had some adversity right out of the gate. I really had to do some soul searching on that. Um, but you know, I, I think back to that, that circumstance quite a bit it showed me that i had the strength to continue even when things got tough and i'm glad that that trial was put in my in my way at that time because i don't know if i would have the strong convictions that i have now if i didn't have face that adversary adversity almost immediately so yeah i mean there has been some and it, especially at the first when it was tough but you know i've been able to really fall back on that experience a lot and understand that you know when somebody is pushing back against you it's less about the things that you're doing and more about how you make that person feel and sometimes and i'm not you know i won't sugarcoat it sometimes the things i talk about don't make pe make people pretty damn uncomfortable i i recognize that and you know I, it's funny i sponsored a lunch last year at the missouri cattlemen's association and i gave just a short little five minute talk before it and my son videotaped it and Carrie wasn't there it was just me and two of my boys he did he videotaped it you know we were there were people in the crowd between where he was videoing and where I was on stage and you know when I said the words mental health people like you could tell people started fidgeting like started looking down at their phones started being really uncomfortable and when that's the thing that you talk about when that's the thing that drives you the things that thing that really gets you you know it's, it's your deal it's your it's your kind of uh, thing and when that makes people uncomfortable that can be really hard to continue with but those little like small moments where someone comes up to you and thanks you or shares their story or shares a story of a friend or whatever it may be it makes those uncomfortable moments worth it do you anticipate different pushback between males and females mm -hmm. yes they're is <laughs> not, not not the not as much as i thought though i thought and that's what was really scary for me at first because i thought i was gonna get so much pushback from guys and you know i don't i do you know i mean and it's noticeable there are many more women that come up and talk to me and like especially beforehand like i was at a missouri farm bureau event a couple of weeks ago and you know the women with farm bureau really came up and talked to me and told me they appreciated and guys they'll wait and then they'll come and talk to me later you know um it's funny and i can relate i know how because i'm that, i've been that guy like i know how they feel they don't want to 
admit that this is something they need to pay attention to but slowly slowly we're getting people to understand how important this stuff is i think it's a definite i mean you, to answer your question there is a definite difference but we're narrowing the gap i believe that's so beautiful i kind of am still a little bit marinating too on the fact that you said the way that people respond has a lot more to do with them than it does with you depending on what somebody's past experience has been depending on what their childhood was like that probably influences their response to you know like when you said mental health I got the visual where you said you said mental health and people started squirming in their seats yeah totally understand that I feel like maybe even people <laughs> saw the title of this episode before they clicked on it they're like oh I don't know about this but maybe I'll try it. I'm actually very encouraged by the fact that you said that we're narrowing the gap and it wasn't, you didn't get as much of a pushback from the men in the community as you thought you would, because honestly, I don't know if this is just me. I feel like it's not just me. I feel like there's at least one other person who would relate to what I'm about to say. Like, I feel like I'm going to get pushback from the men in my life if I try to talk about mental health. It's encouraging actually to hear you say that it's it's been received, it's just received in kind of like a different way. Being like cognizant of that, we have about 95% female listeners. Sure. So if we are being cognizant of the fact that the mental wellness chat is received in a different way by our male counterparts, how should we approach the subject of mental wellness with the men in our lives? I always use this example. My One of my best friends in the world, which is hilarious to say because him and I have never met in person, but he is. He's one of my best friends in the world, Nathan Brown. He's a farmer in Ohio. Uh, he was on episode 48 of the podcast. Um, that's going back to last summer. He shared a story with me, and it, he talked about how that he had this friend who he had some hogs get out. He called Nathan to come over and have him help him. He needed some help to get these hogs rounded back up and get back in the pens. And you know, if you know any guys in your life, especially farmers, it's not easy for them to pick up that somebody for help, right? So Nathan recognized this. He recognized that this his friend was... It was out of character for him to even call him like that. And then they did the thing. They put the hogs back. Everything was fine. He said it was actually really easy, and he probably didn't need his help. What happened after that is this friend of his started confiding in Nathan and talking to him, telling him about his situation, about how... Uh, his finances were going and stressful things in life with the farm and the family and you know the you know the things I mean the things that every farmer deals with mm -hmm. and you know he I, I don't like to say it this way because it, it usually has such a negative connotation but you almost got to look for that Trojan horse uh, guys want to get they, they want to do it in a non-threatening way and of course getting cows and getting hogs in or helping them work cows or uh whatever that may be those are all things that are i mean it's hard to ask for help but it's a lot easier to ask for help with those kind of things simple things than it is to come out and say hey man i'm struggling like out of the blue so i think the best thing i can say and and can extrapolate from that anecdote is be aware 
be aware of those small little inconsistencies or things that may seem out of place. Uh, they may be giving you clues to things, to much bigger issues that are going on. And you know that may be the easiest way to start that conversation. Wow, that's so good. It's My- the best like I have used that story, that little passage from my podcast, probably two dozen times in talking to people. I use it in every talk I do. I use it so much because it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nate was on your two-year episode, correct? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yes, of course. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so good. And fun fact about us, and if you know, if you already know this, then I'm saying it to the people who don't. But Mary and I are actually both married to firefighters, and mental health is something that they talk about. Uh, they talk a little. I don't know if they talk a lot about it or a little about it. I don't know. The fire. Um, they're starting to talk more about it just mm-hmm. because incidents with firefighters are on the rise. But go on, Angela. Well, so right. So it's either that I think, like Mary said, they're, they're starting to talk more about it. Definitely fire wives talk a lot about it. And it's interesting because I am going to just share something a little bit personal really quickly. I have recently learned how to tell when my husband is maybe struggling with some PTSD and there are like little changes to maybe like his demeanor. Um, that at first I took offensively, oh, he must be mad at me, but now there's kind of like a pattern and it's taken a little bit of studying to figure this out, but there's kind of like a pattern when he is struggling with maybe some PTSD or with some like situational PTSD. And we've gotten the chance to start talking about those things, which has been so good for our marriage. The thing though, that he struggles with is what he admitted to me is that he, for a long time, and you guys, you, you've actually talked about this a lot on your podcast, Jason, but I know you alluded to it in the two-year episode. A lot of times there's this mentality of like, well, I'll just shove it down and deal with it one day, or maybe I'll just shove it down and it'll go away. And he said it was a lot easier for him to just push things to the side. Actually, before we got married, it's almost like us getting married. (laughs) This sounds so cheesy, but it's like it opened up another part of his heart or taught him maybe how to be like more sensitive to emotion or his mental state. Maybe I'm not sure if I'm wording this correctly, but that was an interesting dynamic that we've recently, like very recently, I have no idea what I'm talking about because very, very recently started exploring in our marriage. And so I just wanted to give you that little bit of background because we both come at this from rural communities, but also like Like my husband and I also raise cattle, but then we're also in the first responder community. So there's a lot of different, we're coming at this particular topic from a lot of different angles. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities to those communities too. Another friend who is on that, again, I've met him a couple of times though. The only difference between him and Nathan is uh, Hank what, uh, Roberts, Henry Roberts, who is all mm-hmm. year. He is a former firefighter as well. And he finds, he said he finds so many parallels between the ag community and the first responder community, the tight knitness, the work ethic, the sometimes the, you know, suck it up and get it done. But he also, they also recognize, and you, you mentioned it, the, the PTSD aspect of it, the, the mental health aspect of it, the, the stress, the, the fatigue that can come with it. Yeah, there's a, 
I think there's a lot of parallels between those two those two communities. And also another one is the veteran community. A lot of veterans find some solace in the agriculture community because there are so many parallels and similarities to the military too. So just another little thing. I talked to Michael DeSaw a few months ago. He's the host of the Vets and Ag and podcast. And we talked about that quite a bit. I found that very, very interesting. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I did listen to that episode, loved it, wanted to bring it up here, forgot, and there it is. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah, so good. Bringing us back to the subject matter. I think we're talking to, at this point, the women and men who are still listening are probably listening thinking, okay, like this is, this is so important. Mm-hmm. Talking about mental wellness is so important. I think we can all say that we feel that way. How do we communicate to the people in our lives that maybe that maybe are the ones that we are feeling the pushback from. Like it breaks my heart that you that you got that from a very close person to you, that you got that pushback. If somebody is getting that kind of pushback, other than writing that person off, you know, obviously that's not healthy, but what kind of advice would you give the person that is getting pushback? I think it's what probably a lot of what I said before in that, you know, if they're getting that pushback, you're probably striking a nerve with that person. It's, and again, if you're striking that nerve, whatever you're doing, they have, it, they have less of a problem with you and more of a problem with what they see in you that may lack in themselves or something that you are taking head on that they are avoiding or something similar. That's kind of dynamic. You're, whenever you get pushed pushback or you get negative feedback from someone or you know harsh criticism and i don't again let me let me stop right there because criticism is also important too if it's done in a in a proper way you know so i don't want to say like oh everything should be positive everything should be great all the time people should only say nice things to you no that's not necessarily true but uh whenever you get unfair harsh criticism from someone that's not helpful you've you you got to realize you've got and this is easier said than done so don't think that i think that it's so easy to do this because it's not um but you have to you have to realize that the things that you're saying the things that you're doing the work that you're doing on yourself is probably if you get pushback from that it's probably because it's more about them feeling uncomfortable with themselves uh, than it is them being directly offended by you that's such great advice i feel like that is something that's kind of been floating around for a while right only hurt people hurt people yeah. i think that's kind of what's been floating around and so it's just it's just such good information to have another affirmation for us that it's not you it could just be them yeah as cliche as that may sound i mean that's that's honestly kind of the way it is it's i heard this one time people think a lot less about you than you think they do like they're probably thinking more about themselves. There's certain exceptions, obviously, but for the most part, a general rule, like go do your thing, go shoot your shot, do the things that you want to do because people, they're going to judge no matter what, you know, you're going to strike some nerves wrong with people. But if you think that you have the ability to do good in the world, then do not let anybody else stop you from that. 100%. And I love that you just said that right now, because I was wondering if you could share with us your most rewarding conversation you've had about mental health and agriculture. 
Wow, man, that it's a that's a I, that is an extremely hard question because I have taken so much away from so many of the conversations that I've had. I almost feel like it'd be unfair to everybody else to actually single one out. Again, somebody asked me this question the last podcast I was on. You know, I, I usually answer a different one every time. But again, the one that's coming to the top of my brain is my buddy, Nathan Brown. If you see Nathan, if you talk to Nathan, if you know Nathan, he is, he's a farmer. He is a farm boy, 100%. He is just, he is the embodiment of it. He just, he, he talks like one. He looks like one. He acts like one. He's not the guy that you would expect to be so candid and so open and so vulnerable about struggles and the need to get things right. And, uh, you know, he's the first person to tell me that he loves me. And it's an amazing, um, he's an amazing, amazing soul. And I'm so thankful to get to know him and uh, have the opportunities to connect with him. And him and I have worked together on several panels and gotten to know him so well. And, you know, he, his friendship, his, the conversation and what's come out of that, that has been, I can't, I mean, again, not to say anything about anybody else, but it has been some of the most impactful stuff that I have had the, the privilege of, of, of having. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I like how you said that, you know, you don't want to take away from any of the other conversations. No, you've had I mean, because... I've taken something positive from every single conversation. I've never once said, hey, I wish I wouldn't have recorded a podcast with that person. <laughs> One hundred plus people I've recorded with, all of them have brought something extremely valuable to this, to this conversation. And how blessed am I for that, to have those people to connect with so many great people on this subject. Oh, you're going to make me emotional, Jason, because I know we can relate like, you know, even asking that question, you know, if somebody were to turn the tables on us and us and ask us that question, you know, what's your favorite episode that you've done? And granted, we're a lot more juvenile in our <laughs> podcast producing and you can't pick just one because every person, every person has such a beautiful, unique message to share. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said, and I, I'm sorry, I dropped this into every conversation that I can, but Benjamin Franklin once said that every person is my superior in some way. In other words, you yeah. can learn something from oh anybody. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Like we can be, I, I heard a quote. Oh gosh. I wrote it down. So you can edit out some of this silence here. Um, because I want to, I want to share this because what you just said there uh, really resonated with something I learned this weekend. I hope you're okay with this. Yeah, totally. Here it is. I've got it. So Harvard professor Clayton M. Christensen taught that the most successful people are the humblest because they are confident enough to be corrected and learn from anyone. That hit me so hard because it's so true. There's nobody that we can't learn something from. Everybody has their own unique lived experience. And again, we I was I had a podcast with Addie Yoder a couple of weeks ago. And she said it too. She said uh, she was talking to Rob Sharkey one time and she asked him, how do you find so many interesting people? He says, no, that's not the key. Everybody is interesting. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has their own unique thing in life that makes them who they are. Finding that is, is, is what's key. Everybody is interesting. I wish I, everybody could see me jumping up and down like, yes, preach, Keep that going. That's so good. Yes, yes, yes. 
everybody is interesting. Everybody has value. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has something to share with the world that will make the world a better place. Jason, mic drop, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) That rises the question for me anyway. So Jason, for you, if you feel comfortable sharing, and if you don't, it's okay. Would you share with us a time where you personally struggled through a mental battle? And I know you talked about anxiety a little bit being part of your story, but how you worked your way through that battle. Yeah. You know, I don't like to say that like I've overcome anxiety because I haven't, I still have bouts with it. In fact, I came, I over, you know, I had one yesterday, Uh, you know, I have so much doubt. You know, I try to be open about it as much as I can, but no, I had a time yesterday where I just, I had so much doubt about things farm related, you know, like I, trying to implement some new practices here and it feels like it's not working sometimes and I just you know sometimes feel like I'm just not doing the best I can and you know I'm not you know I'm not good enough you know I feel like I see and this is a big thing for me is you know I see my neighbors you know sometimes my neighbors just things look just so much better over there they look like they have their stuff together so much and and then I go to my brothers and you know they feel like my brothers are doing better than me and you know, I was like oh my I, my dad was doing better than me and then at this point whatever you know we can all tell ourselves the stories we can all whatever narrative we want to put inside our own head we can find all of the evidence that to make that make our narrative right um so we can choose we can choose and that's what i have to get me out of that mindset i have to start finding little tiny things that i am grateful for then you'll start to find out that there those aren't actually so small things like you know as i was struggling yesterday I sat on my bed and realized, like, I have four healthy, healthy boys. I have a wife who is beautiful and loves me, even though I'm a lunatic sometimes. (laughs) And I run myself ragged. Like, she still puts up with me. You know, I just, then I, like, when, so I think the, really, the thing that gets you, can get you out of that such vicious cycle of doubt and lack of self-worth is focusing on gratitude and i've heard it said before and it's absolutely the truth gratitude is a superpower if you can find some gratitude no matter how small it may seem it's enough to lift you out of the deepest despair again like i i struggle and sometimes struggle hard hardcore but having that gratitude and having that grace it's it's key and i've got another quote i wrote down here if if i can find it this is so good i just you're like i'm so glad that you're sharing this because this is going to speak to somebody i'm so excited about it well i mean it's speaking to me if you can't tell i'm getting really fired up but it's speaking to me and it's going to speak to somebody else very excited about it it really hit home for me and i i it was talking about struggling and like we all struggle yeah i mean to struggle is just to be it's just to be mortal you know it's the way you know we're all gonna have but like if we can find that gratitude if we can find those little things to get us through each and every day and alan keller he was on the podcast uh last november he said something that really has helped me too is like I have a 100% track record. I'm undefeated at making it through my worst days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to make it simple. Like, yeah, I'm going to survive this. 
100%. And I really like how you said you need gratitude and grace, really, because gratitude, like having gratitude and having struggles, they aren't like mutually exclusive. And so just giving yourself grace in the times that you're struggling, I think, I mean, just letting people know that it's okay to not be okay. I, I feel like this has been repeated. Yep for the last couple of years now, but it still needs to be said. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's still that culture around mental health is something you don't talk about because you don't see it. Right. Yeah. And you're right. And it is and it, it, that it is hard. And I've talked about that since the very beginning, like mental health is so hard because like there's not a test for it or there's not a lab for it or there's not, Oh, you can, you can plainly see that you're having a heart attack or something like that or you can plainly see that you broke your arm but like mental health is so much more abstract and it's so personalized it's it's hard sometimes to be able to convey that to people and for them to understand so i think that's one of the biggest challenges we face with that but i think under whatever trying to get everybody to understand that yes each one of us struggles and struggles differently and the struggles with different things and their journey is individualized. Getting people to understand that, that's a huge, huge part to breaking down that stigma. One thing that I read um, earlier this week, I don't recall if it was on Instagram or I just created a TikTok or if it was on TikTok, but it was somebody telling other people information that they had received from their therapist. And it was, if your mental health starts affecting you physically, headaches, stomach aches, that sort of thing. Treat yourself as if you were physically ill. Yeah. Lay on the couch, drink fluids, sleep all day, you know, watch your favorite movie, eat soup. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, like today, you know, I, I do these little things every single day. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I don't want, everybody's busy. Like, I don't want to like think I'm busier than anyone else because I mean, I'm sure there's people who are busier than me. I do have a lot of things going on. I push myself very hard, but today I came home and you know, I have a lot to do. There's a, I have a lot of cattle to take care of, I have kids to take care of. I, you know, there's a lot of things going on, but I came home at four o'clock after I got off work. I was a little later because I had to go to the feed store and get some things, but I got home about 4.15. I laid down on my bed for about 20 minutes and took a nap, you know, because I felt like I needed to. It goes back to, I always talk about a break. Like people need breaks. A break can last anywhere from five minutes to five hours to five days. Whatever you need, take that break because the loss of productivity that you may think that you are losing in that whatever time your break is, you're going to more than make up for that afterwards. You know, you're going to be so much more productive if you can just stop for a little while. Yes, I love that so much. Jason, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast, sharing all of these stories and all of your knowledge. And I really hope our listeners go over and start, you know, listening to your podcast if they don't already. Before we close it out here, is there one last piece of advice you have for anyone listening? Yeah, it's just you matter. Everybody matters. Even when you think that you're at your worst, things are going so terrible for you or seem to be, there's somebody that might you matter to. And, you know, I, I encourage everyone to find those people and cling to them. They will show you how much you matter. Wow. Such pure and true words. I'm, now I'm emotional. 
<laughs> oh, that's so good. Jason, this conversation has just been food for the soul in so many ways. I'm so glad that, I mean, I'm honored that you made time to be on our podcast. I'm so glad that we got to share you with our listeners because if they didn't know you, now they do. I know I'm better for having listened to your podcast and I believe the same about our listeners. I hope you know that you are doing good things. Whether you feel like it or not, all the days we are grateful for you and what you're doing for the ag community. Thank you so much for being here. We can't wait. I want to have you back again already and you're not, we're not, yeah, we're not even no. done. I appreciate that. And you know, I again, I appreciate this conversation. It was very... I've had a it's it's been a I've had a I've had a kind of a rough couple of weeks here just um just emotionally uh just things going on um you know I shared just a little bit I don't want to take up time but you know my dad's in in nearing the end of his life and you know I found a lot of reflection over the last couple of weeks and it's been really hard for me I've and it's probably because I've probably made it harder on myself but it's nonetheless it's been hard so anytime I can have a conversation like this it, it lifts a huge burden off of me so uh, I thank you girls for for having me on the podcast because it uh you know it, it was just what i needed so thank you for that jason you are welcome here anytime thank you i appreciate that thanks for listening to ag state of mind we hope this episode has encouraged you be sure to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at ag state of mind and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on apple podcasts stitcher or spotify so you never miss an episode See you next week.